0: This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. All right, Ready
1: Radio, KLZ 560 live program today. Uh, Not a replay, so if you're listening to us, it's a live program on the 25th of August, not far away from the Labor Day weekend. And start today's program, by the way, got a brand new sponsor, so I want to start with that by the way so we'll get going there first and for those of you that have some concrete leveling that needs done we have a brand new sponsor to all three programs that we have here this i consider this part of my weekend lineup here ready radio so whether it's ready radio fix it radio or drive radio we've got a brand new sponsor and uh, i would appreciate you Utilizing them, if at all possible. And and if you've got any concrete leveling at all that needs done, please give Raise Tech Concrete Lifting a call. It's Chad Rick, and it's not a W, by the way. Chad Rick with an R. Chad Rick Gardner. He's up in the northern part of the state, but he can do anywhere pretty much in our listening audience. He'll go all the way to Colorado Springs, all the way up to Cheyenne, Laramie. Doesn't matter. He's more than willing to help you. And he's got a polymer... Lifting process now in that process He drills a 5 8 inch hole in whatever Concrete he's going to level the polymer then gets shot down underneath it expands much like The foam in a can you see it's really the best way to explain it and in doing that It fills in all of the voids that are typically there. That's why the concrete is settled in the first place It will then form a new base for the concrete itself It's got a warranty that goes with it that will let him explain. He's going to be with me, by the way, first thing in the morning on Fix-It Radio. So if you want to tune in at 9 o'clock in the morning, he'll explain in detail how this entire process works. But you'll be hearing some ads here. I just wrote some ads today. We'll get those recorded and ready to go. You'll be hearing those in the coming weeks. But if you need any concrete leveling done at all, Chadrick is the individual to call. Now, he'll give you a free estimate, by the way on the front side, where you know exactly what the cost is going to be before you ever get into the project, and he'll tell you, yes, I can take care of that, no, I cannot, yes, I can, but here may be some of the nuances that go along with it. But it's a great product, and I didn't have to do a lot of research on Chadrick because just in talking to him, you, you know, you get a really good idea just from chatting with someone, is this guy for real or is he a total flake? I'm just being honest, folks. You can really tell a lot just in the conversation that you have. And so I had a conversation with Chadrick the other day, and I knew the other, the other reason why this wasn't a big deal to me was because I've already researched this product. So I know about the polymer side versus the mudjacking side. I'd already learned that in the past from some other things I'd been involved in. So when he told me what he did, it was like, yep, know all about it. It's good product. And this particular product, he became familiar with by having it done on his own home. So when he had it done, and he used to live in Utah, when he had it done, he was like, oh, that's the best stuff I've ever seen. So when he moved to Colorado, he's like, oh, my word, We, we really have bad soil in Colorado, don't we? I'm like, yeah, Chadrick, if you only knew I've been a native here, you know, been here my entire life, and yeah, there are... Places now that we're building on that, frankly, at one time when I was a kid, nobody ever thought construction would happen in because of the clay soils in those areas. And now that they've been built on and let's face it, folks, most contractors, most, not all, but most don't do the prepping necessary to get things really handled where settling is not an issue. Now, houses themselves are much better than they used to, and I'll talk about some of this in the morning on Fix It Radio, but houses are better just because we have pure foundations and things like that. But most of the flat work around the home, that includes basements, garage, sidewalks, driveway, things like that, they typically will settle. And in some cases, as much as a couple of inches. Can that be taken care of by Racetech or by Chadrick? Absolutely it can be. Now, I say absolutely, it does depend on where you're at, what's going on around it, and he also will tell you, listen, this thing's got enough other settling in it where you might as well just have it pulled out and replaced. But if it's in good condition, and he'll tell you exactly how that part works, he's also got contacts on, if you want to top coat it after he's got everything leveled out, he's got contacts on that as well. So again, he's got the ability to help you with all of that, and then we'll talk a little bit further in the morning with him on some other things he also does. But if you need any... Concrete leveling done, 970-682-5179. It'll be up on our website, Ready-Radio, as well. As far as one of our great sponsors, you'll find him there, Fix-It Radio, Drive Radio as well. But Chadrick, thank you if you're listening. I appreciate that very much, and we'll be working together on some things here in the near future as well. And really appreciate those sponsors like Chadrick. If it wasn't for guys like him, Ready Radio and our other programs wouldn't be heard. So I appreciate him very much in being a part of what we're doing here now as well. So, uh, again, thank you. Appreciate that. All right. Had this come in from a listener as well. Somebody actually yesterday said, hey, if you go on Ready Radio tomorrow, would you explain in an EMP, so electromagnetic pulse, Would you explain, are the lights just going to go off all at once? Will the grid go down all at once? Will it happen in stages? And here's my answer from everything I've researched with folks like, uh, you know, our, 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 our author, Bill, who comes on, wrote five seconds after, five years after, and so on. That's a new one that just came out. I have not listened to it yet. I just got it downloaded actually, from Audible yesterday. So I'll start listening to that this next week, and we'll probably have uh, Bill back on here in the near future. And from every bit of research that I've sort of read about, here's the answer. I don't think we know. (laughs) I think really that's the answer. My gut feeling is if several weapons are launched to to attack North America, and it will take more than one most likely, uh, I would say that you'll see it happen in regional shutdowns, but I think it's all going to happen pretty quickly and you're not going to have much time to prepare is is, the, is really the way it works. Now, will it be this trickling effect where if you were to look at the entire United States from the sky and see the lights go out, will it just immediately go out, snap of a finger? Probably. Actually, I could see that happening now. Will some areas be affected faster than others? I don't think so, frankly. I think in a pulse like that, you know, an EMP, in the way it works, I'm guessing, and it comes in waves, as we know, but that first wave will be heavy enough that even if a few things survive, the remaining waves probably will take out whatever's left over. Will you have a few things left that might still be standing that then go out as that pulse intensifies, Um, maybe. Maybe. And, again, these are things where I'm not sure anybody exactly knows. And and I'm being as sincere as I can on this. There's a lot of speculation on these things. But, again, I don't know that anybody knows exactly for sure because a lot of it's going to come down to were some things hardened? Were they not hardened? Are some things more robust than others? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I got another text message that came in. Um, Yes, and somebody just asked this as a Kurt Rogers question, but I can answer this. Do you know if a person with a residential all-in-one mortgage can use money from that to also pay off a commercial property note? Yes, you certainly can. You can use it for whatever you would like. So I'll answer that right now. For whatever you want. So there you go. There's your answer. So thank you for asking that question, by the way. And I'll uh, well, next time Kurt's on either the weekend or during the week, we'll ask that question of him. But I I know that answer just because I have one and there is no limitations. So you can do whatever you feel like you need to do. All right. So as far as the EMPs go, I do think it's going to be widespread fairly quickly. I don't think it's going to trickle across the country. I think it will hit in such a way that it's pretty much just going to knock everything out at once. So you're not going to have a lot of prep time, is my point. So that's my understanding. And again, I am by no means an expert when it comes to EMPs and electricity, other than what I've read, that are the same resources most of you can go out and read. Last week, we talked about tools that I think everybody should have. Now, I, really, last week, we talked about just tools you should have around the house in general when it comes to repairing, fixing, and so on. Now, today... I'm going to expand that and even get into some things that I think every quote-unquote prepper should have. And this is not your normal tools, and there's some things that aren't even on here that I will add in. I found a couple of lists, and I'm going to add a few things in. I also talked about last week the book I bought that here in the near future, probably September-ish, I'm going to start using a few things out of, and it's the No Grid Survival Projects plural, that's the name of the book, and I got it on Amazon, and it's done in sort of a uh, encyclopedia-type format, pictures, things like that, and there's all sorts of things in here you can uh, basically make, projects that you can make and things that you can do on your own if, in fact, something were to happen, i.e. an EMP strike, things along those lines. So I will get into this book. Uh, again, probably the Friday after Labor Day is kind of my guess as to what I'll get into, I don't think I'll have time to get into it prior to that. So, tools. And we went in detail last week into hand tools. And what we do in regards to having, you know, what tools to have on, on hand and all those sorts of things. And, again, I want to expand that list. And let you know, you know, what else I think you need to have on hand. Um, Here's some other things I want to add to the list. And I'll get into more of this, but what's not on this list, and I'm reading this as we're talking at the same time. I also think, and this is something that some are going to say, why would you need that? Well, I think it's fairly obvious. I think every person in this lineup, I guess you could say, should also have a good bolt cutter. Now, some of you are going to say, what do you mean by that? Well, a good bolt cutter. They're run by hand. They make different sizes of them. You may actually want to have more than one. The smaller ones, you could cut things like chain link fence or even small locks. The bigger ones will literally, you know, most locks that aren't super hardened you could literally walk up to and they're they're called bolt lock cutters for a reason you walk up they've got plenty of cutting power and leverage and you can pretty much snap off any lock you want and and I'm not exaggerating literally unless it's some super duper hardened lock that most people don't spend the money on anyways most locks by the way are there to keep the honest guy honest especially when you look at chain link fences and gates and things like that most of even farmer's-types locks, master locks, they're, they're literally there just to keep the honest guy honest. Most anybody that's good at picking them could pick them. Or in what I'm talking about, just take a set of bolt cutters and you can just cut the – most of them are locked with a chain. A bolt cutter will cut the chain, no problem. You don't have to worry about the lock. You just cut the chain. If it's a, if it's a lock that – you know if it's a gate that's locked with a chain and a padlock, a, a set of bolt cutters will take that off, no problem. Now, where bolt cutters don't work, of course, is when you're looking at locks that lock things like storage units and things like that, where it's got some sort of a sliding lock, and the lock itself goes over the top, and then you'd have to figure out how to get that lock open, take, the, take a you know, pick set, on, you know pick it, and so on. Which, this is a whole nother discussion we could get into on Ready Radio that maybe I will. There are a lot of tutorials and individuals you can follow that show you how to pick locks. Everything from car locks to master locks to even combination locks and so on. And most of them, believe it or not, this is what's scary. After following an individual that, that does this on social media, YouTube and places like that. What's interesting, most locks are easily pickable. You would be surprised how easily you can pick them. It's shocking, actually, how, how susceptible some of these actually are. Some of them, literally, you can take a couple of hammers and you know, put one hammer behind the lock, take the other hammer on top, and literally it will jolt, jolt the lock loose in a lot of cases. So little tricks like that. So some of you may want to follow <clears throat> some folks along those lines. But again, if you're talking sort of end-of-the-world stuff, EMP hits, you're out on your own, And you've got to go places, and you don't want to be hampered by, you know, locks on gates and things like that because, again, if something like that were to happen. Oh, Kay just said add gloves. Yes, Kay, thank you. We didn't talk about that last week. Yes. And by the way, thank you, Kay, several types of gloves you should own. Add this to the list. You should have some nitrile-type medical-grade gloves so that if you're working in any kind of chemicals, things like that, you've got protection. And I'm not talking kitchen gloves. I mean actual nitrile protective type gloves to where anything bloodborne's not going to get in your system. You'd want those. You also want them for any kind of injuries where somebody else is bleeding and you want to make sure that you're not contracting whatever it is they might have in their blood. You want gloves for that as well. You also want a good pair of work gloves. Much to what Kay, I'm sure, is talking about here. And they make work gloves now in all various sizes. It used to be, if you wanted a pair of work gloves, you went and bought a good pair of leather gloves. That's all you could find. There's enough gloves now on the market. You know, pick your pick your choice. You name it: it's heavy leather work gloves, welding gloves, re- leather gloves with rubber on them to make things more grippable. Regular rubber type gloves that you know are more of a work glove, mechanics gloves. You name it. You, again. You, Pick whatever glove you'd like, but to Kay's point, yes, a good pair of gloves, work gloves, is a must. And I would have several of those, not just one pair. Now, winter time, of course, you want good insulated-type work gloves and mittens and things like that. That's a whole other conversation that we can get into as we get more towards winter. I'll start talking more about some of those types of things, clothing, those things that you'd want to have if you're in some colder areas like we are here. But yes, Kay, thank you, by the way, very much for that. Yes, you want to make sure that you've got good gloves. Any other suggestions, by the way, text me or feel free to call. Text line 307-200-8222, 307-200-8222. The main line here, you can call in and talk to us live, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. The other thing that's been happening in recent weeks, by the way, is a lot of you wait and call it like, Ten you know, ten minutes before the show ends. If you want to talk and have plenty of time, call early. We can take those calls any time from now till the end of the show. Three oh three four three oh three four seven seven five six zero zero. Call us and I'll get you right on. So I've got a few more things I want to add to the list from last week. K, thank you. So far I've already added gloves and a pair of bolt cutters. And bolt cutters are called bolt cutters for reasons because they'll cut things like bolts, chains, locks. In anything that you don't want to have to take time to cut off. And remember, if an EMP hits, I don't even know how power tools and things like that are going to work. They may work just fine. They may not. I, again, I don't know. I don't know if there's any testing that's even been done on that end to know. You may be able to use a cutoff wheel on a grinder and cut locks and things like that off. But I don't know if that's going to function. And again, these are things we don't know. You may very well even be on foot, and if, you're, if you are, you're not going to drag that stuff around with you. Even a mid-sized pair of bolt cutters are going to be tough to drag around. So it depends on all of those circumstances at that time, and as we get through more of the fall months, I'm even going to get back into some of the things vehicle-wise and so on that you may want to have. For those of you that are really worried about that, making sure things run after an EMP, we'll get into some of that as well. Somebody also just added a military surplus stove and wool glove liners. Yeah, the wool glove liners, by the way. So even if you've got, you know, a little bit oversized leather glove and some wool liners, you can use those leather gloves even when it's cold out, and they work very well for that. I've got some those wool liners. They work fab. Wool clothing. That's a whole other conversation we'll get into as we get into more of the fall, winter months. But wool clothing in general, great idea to have. It's very durable. Last... Um, durable as in lasts a long time also it will keep you warm even when it's wet that's the one thing nice about wool now a lot of folks i know are allergic you don't like it it's itchy fine wear a nice undergarment with it typically not cotton but more of a spandex type undergarment and you know the stretchy you know nylony material where it's not going to keep in fact it'll even wick some of the moisture away and that's where the wool really comes in handy so Again, I'll get into some of that at a later show where we can talk more about that. But thank you, by the way, whoever sent that in. I appreciate that. So military surplus store, you can get wool glove liners there and lots of other things as well. And I misread that, but he, a, a, you know, military surplus stove, also camp stove. I ordered a few of those. I think John was talking about those last week. I ordered a few of those this week and stuck them in some of my... Gear, just to have they're cheap, inexpensive, and it's nice to have if you had to just bug out and go, everything's there contained in a box, the fuel, the stove, everything you need all ready to go all you would need is some matches at that point, so all right we'll uh we'll go to a quick break here, come right back, ready, radio, don't forget stack optical for all of your eyewear needs, anything you need when it comes to again your eye care itself, the eye exam, and anything specific you'd want to have made for you. On a unique basis just for you, Stack Optical can do all of that. 303-321-1578. We'll be right back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity.
3: Summer hailstorms have returned with a bang, leaving roofs across the front range in need of repair or replacement. You need to know what options will be best for your home.
4: Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners maintain their roofs through hail or shine. We work with any insurance company to get your damaged roof the replacement it needs. However if you are looking to get more life out of your current roof, we also offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment.
3: That gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your situation and through every season. If you think your roof has been a victim of hail, contact us to set up your free inspection and receive an honest evaluation about the condition of your roof.
4: Call today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to roofsaversco.com to keep a durable roof over your head.
1: All right, we are back. Ready Radio. By the way, website ready-radio.com. Appreciate you all listening. Bill and Cheyenne is up. Bill, go ahead.
5: Yes. Hi. Uh, Could you get somebody on sometime to talk about wind generators, you know, in the range of maybe 15, 20, 25 kWs?
1: You know what? I would actually love that as well. I've researched some of that stuff myself, Bill and we'll see if I can reach out to somebody maybe that does them? Because I, I don't know much about it, but I live in an area where actually I could benefit from having one, I think.
5: Well, the other point is, you know, they work 24 hours. Right. Don't, a lot of them don't take excessive wind.
1: Exactly, Whereas, exactly.
5: You know, and and the wind seems to blow more in the winter, and that's, you know, you could have heat that way.
1: You know, and again, that would be one as far as an off-grid situation goes. You'd have to have some battery storage, which, again, they make. So I've done a little bit of research, like I say, not a lot. But I'm actually as interested in that as I am some of the solar stuff. So, yeah, I can do a little research on that, Bill. I would love to.
5: Yeah, I've looked into it some, and I haven't really found anything very satisfactory.
1: There's a lot of companies. In fact, as you know, Bill, you can buy some of it even on Amazon. My problem is I don't know the good from the bad. Is my problem?
5: Yeah, but most of them are little dinky things.
1: Yeah, they're not. Yeah, and I've even got some folks not you know that don't live far from me that have some of the smaller ones, and they make them as you know kind of in a blade or a spherical look. And I, my problem is I don't know how much you need to spend to get a really good quality one that's going to last.
5: Well, they find those ones you're talking about, you know, sort of a parabolic, you know, apple, I mean pear shape. Right. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, exactly, it supposedly yes. higher winds don't tear them up so
1: bad. I, I, you know what, that would make sense to me, and, and for me, I'm in an area where we can get, you know, 100 mile an hour wind, so I got to make sure whatever I do doesn't get, you know, doesn't end up in Kansas. No,
5: it won't end up in Kansas if the parts will. Really.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, I, I, uh, uh, that that's a my biggest issue personally with those is you know how do they keep them together in that high wind and it, you know do I need to go to one of those one of one of more of the uh, the turbine type generators versus or not turbine but you know the pear shaped ones like you just said
5: yeah and the other thing they wouldn't have to you know where you have decent wind they wouldn't have to bound it up so high right uh, good you know, point that way you know because the wind up is higher kid you down low. There's probably quite adequate
1: wind. Good, you know, that's a good point. Um, and I and don't, I don't know, I, I don't know about you, good. but in my case, I've got all sorts of places I can mount one, even to my barn or whatever. And yeah, I got, have got lots of different options on. My the biggest thing is figuring out in a EMP type situation. I still want, you know, I'd still want to have power, so it needs to go into some sort of a battery system. How do you do all of that and so on? That's what I'd want to know.
5: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but under those circumstances, if you didn't have power all the time, you should be better off with power part of the time.
1: Anything's better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah something's better but than no, nothing, no, yeah, I guess what also, I should say. Yeah,
5: if you get somebody out. Uh, you know what, I will do that. That. I, I,
1: that is an area, Bill, that I've only spent, a li- you know, like you, I've spent a little bit of time researching it. I don't know a lot about it. Um, I frankly don't even – I'll have to just make some phone calls because I don't know anybody in that space on a personal basis. Any of you out there listening, this is the greatest thing about the program, Bill, is if any of you out there listening have some contacts on that. Send me some information, and we'll have somebody on, and I'll do an interview. I'd love to, Bill.
5: Okay, very good. I'll get on yeah, that. I, sure.
1: I, I appreciate yeah. that.
5: And I guess you've got to call me back and tell me where, I mean, when you're going to do it. You
1: know, it might be a month from now. I well, uh, yeah. I, if, as you know, it'll take me a little bit of time ahead. to get somebody rounded up. And once I have a date, I'll let everybody know. I'll be happy to do that. Yeah.
6: Okay. okay. Well, I'll do it.
1: You. I'll do it. Bill, thank you very much. In fact, what we could do, Charlie and I will remind ourselves if I find somebody, we can do a little promo a week in advance or so. That way, everybody knows, you know, even during the week, what we're going to be doing. And, and yeah, yeah, this is an area that. I actually have some interest in as well, because I live in a, well most people in the front range area live where we've got enough wind that you could benefit from that. So I will do some investigative work on that bill, and thank you for that prodding along because I know a lot about solar, I don't know much about wind generation, and how that we you know how that even works. I do know that there are a lot of different configurations of them, even more of a ball type uh, blade, if you would. So, you know, like, a, like a half moon, uh, they make them even like that. So they're not all just the, the regular blades like you see on the big ones, they make them in all sorts of different, uh, sizes and sizes, shapes and so on. And again, I will do some research on that. Cause I honestly, I, I really, I really don't know. So I will, I will do my best to find that out. And again, if any of you listening have any, uh, contacts or you yourself are in that space and you can fill us in on what to do and maybe even you know we could work out some some sponsorship things and so on i'd be more than happy to do that so if you know know anybody in that space please let me know and we'll do our best to get together and get that figured out all right other things that i think need to be on a preppers list now i'm going to go down the path of non power okay so these are hand tools reason being is if we get into a situation where you just don't have the ability to have like bill said a moment ago you just don't have electricity other than for some of your other basic needs you may find power tools not useful at all a good axe is almost at the top of the list or not almost it is at the top of the list outside of what i just said with bolt cutters i think a good axe is a must. Now, a good axe, as in one that you could use to pound something with and one that you could use to chop things with. Now, there are a lot of different axes. This is something I didn't really know a lot about. I don't know that I would consider myself an axe expert now, but I do know that there's a lot of differences in axes. Some axes are used to chop a tree down, for example, trim a limb, things like that. Others are used for splitting. They are not one and the same. A splitting axe has a much more sharp angle to its tip so that it doesn't get stuck in the item that you're trying to split, the piece of wood you're trying to split, and they're more of a wedge than they are for chopping. They're splitting, and some of you know exactly what I mean by that. Others may not. There's also smaller-type hatchets, which I think a small hatchet is something everybody— should have just for if you're having to go forage and you're out in the woods or doing anything, having a small uh, hatchet is really what it's called. It's not an axe. It's a a small axe called a hatchet. And if you don't have one of those, and they make those in all sorts of different sizes and shapes. Some of them have a hammer on the other side as well as the hatchet, you know, the blade on, on the other side. And on all of these, make sure they're sharp, which means you need to have a hand file, Also around that's handy that you can keep them sharp with if you need to sharpen it, which you will if you're using it. They won't stay sharp forever. The other thing that I learned through watching a guy that does some of this, which once I've gotten into all this prepper thing, I watch all sorts of goofy things now that I didn't watch prior to this show. Um, One of the things that helps when you're either splitting wood or even chopping wood with an axe is some WD-40. You actually spray the axe head with WD-40 so it doesn't get stuck in the item that you're chopping, the piece of wood that you're chopping, which I would have never thought of either. Just some regular old WD-40, you just throw it on the axe head, spray it right on the axe head, and away you go. And it will keep that lubricated and not stick in the wood when you're trying to split that wood. So, again, if we're talking sort of end-of-the-world stuff, and you don't have any other form of heat besides a wood stove that actually has to have wood in it, you'll need to go find wood to put in it. And it again, you may or may not have a chainsaw that operates. Most modern chainsaws have a electronic ignition that runs the spark plug. In an EMP, it's quite possible, unless you've hardened that unit, it's quite possible that it will not start and run. It may. Don't know. And once again, re- remember that we're only going to have fuel for X amount of time. Fuel won't last forever. Now, it'll, if, if it does happen to run... And you get it up and going, you will have X amount of fuel to do whatever you need. But as time goes by, fuel will become more scarce, more scarce, more scarce. And you will have to have a way to still cut, chop, have wood to heat, eat, do those things with. Which this is a whole nother conversation that I haven't even really ever gotten into. And that is what kind of a heating source would you use wood stove wise if you don't already have a wood burning stove in your home which in a lot of places they don't even let you have anymore so how do you do that and that's something that you guys need to think through in your current house and your current setup how, how does that work do you have the ability to do that so something to think through. They still make them by the way. There's a lot of places where you can still put a wood stove in and you feed it with you know, wood or any kind of any other type of fuel sources. And there's all sorts of these made where you can feed them with different types of fuel, coal, etc. And you again, do some research on that, but that's something to think about where if you didn't have any other heating source, how are you heating things? Even a pan of water. So, as I always say, the show isn't to scare anybody. It's to just get you to think outside the box where if these things aren't existing anymore, electricity, for example, doesn't exist, how are you heating things with? And in most houses that are run by natural gas, by the way, unless you're run off of propane and you've got a very, very large supply and you use it very sparingly, your, your, your natural gas is going to run out as well. So you're going to need something to heat the inside of your home with. What's that going to be? And even things like kerosene heaters and the like, you're going to run out of fuel with those as time goes by as well. So what are you going to use to keep things warm when it's cold outside? And again, if you haven't thought through that, it's something that you really need to think about. How do you do you do that? Do you have the ability to heat things with another source, wood and so on. So something to think about. And again, not trying to scare anybody, but you need to think through this. So other tools. A bush, this is saying bushcraft basic knife, but basically a large knife. You also would want a folding or collapsible saw. Kind of goes back to the axe thing. Let's say that you need to start a fire and easier to instead of chopping down a tree saw a bunch of limbs off things like that where you especially you'd want to go to where the you've got more dead limbs of course because it's hard to get green wood to light as we all know so you you'd want some sort of a folding or collapsible saw again they make tons of them pick your poison Uh, We used to call these, you know, even back when you were hunting and stuff, buck saws. They're portable. You can put them in. A lot of them have little pouches. You can put them right on your belt or in your backpack. And they, in it, has got several different blades where you can even use it to cut bone or cut wood or whatever you'd want to do. And they make them that way. And they're out there. Just look them up and figure out which one you want to keep. And they're very portable and easy to carry around. This one we've talked about in the past, but as a reminder, a military-style shovel. So a shovel that would fold up. You can use it for either digging to get your car unstuck. That's, by the way, something to have handy all the time. Even as we get closer to winter and have things in your car, that's kind of an automatic have-in-your-car item. Now, some of these military-style shovels will even have kind of a cutting tool and a sharp edge. Um, One end of it might even be a a hammer-axe type of a look to it. They make them all sorts of flavors. Again, this is one where it comes down to personal preference, and I've even got one that's fairly handy that will even go on a military-type belt, and you can strap it onto your waist, and away you go. Again, kind of that saw idea I just had a moment ago. Similar situation to that as well. I've got lots more that we'll get into as well. Again, last week we talked more about just sort of the hand tools, things that you need to have around the house all the time, I think. These are now items that we're adding that aren't necessarily – I mean, these are tools. Every one of these that I've mentioned so far is a tool, and these are a must-have in a lot of cases when we're talking about the things we're talking about. All right, we'll be back. Anything else you want to add, text me or call. Text line 307-200-8222. You can also call the direct line 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560.
3: Summer hailstorms have returned with a bang, leaving roofs across the front range in need of repair or replacement. You need to know what options will be best for your home.
4: Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners maintain their roofs through hail or shine. We work with any insurance company to get your damaged roof the replacement it needs. However, if you are looking to get more life out of your current roof, we also offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment. That gives new roof performance
3: without all the new roof costs. With over 20-plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your situation and through every season. If you think your roof has been a victim of hail, contact us to set up your free inspection and receive an honest evaluation about the condition of your roof.
4: Call today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to roofsaversco.com to keep a durable roof over your head.
7: we welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference.
1: In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. All right, Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Annette, by the way, you heard her from, heard me talking about a moment ago, Colorado Greenhouse Builders. She added to our tool list here a portable small solar panel, which, yes, uh, by all means. And then on top of that, a hand charged radio and, of course, good flashlight, which I'll add some of those into the list of today's items as well. So, Annette, thank you for that, by the way. Jennifer in Lafayette, you're next.
5: Hi, John. I would love it if you could get somebody on sometime who has experience in Arctic and Antarctic conditions to let us know what kind of clothing protection we would need with an, a uh, special emphasis on the hands and the feet. Hmm. What works and what doesn't work?
1: You know what? I uh, just put that into my notes along with the along with the wind generation and I will do my best on that. That again, that's not one that I know anybody uh in. I mean I know a little bit about that as well just from you know growing up here and, you know, hunting and fishing and doing all those things. But when it comes to the full Arctic end of things, no, I don't I'm not an expert on that and I'll find somebody that is.
5: Maybe Scott would know something. Yeah, I was just
1: thinking of that. I mean, you know, he may have somebody that knows given some of the things that he's into. Uh and and I really would like to just again not necessarily somebody that sells clothing and all of that, but really somebody that just understands here's the type of things you need. I mean, I, Jennifer, I know some of the basics as to what you need to do and how you need to be protected and some of the clothing you need to wear. Again, just from, you know, like, like you just growing up here, but it would be nice to have an expert that would tell you these are how you layer. These are the things to wear, not to wear, those sorts of things.
5: Exactly.
0: You
1: know, Thanks, re- so. really quick, I do know for a fact, Jennifer, one of the worst things you can wear As an underclothing, and it's one of the bigger mistakes most people make, do not wear anything cotton as an underclothing.
5: Yeah, it makes sense.
1: And the reason is because it holds moisture and then makes you colder. It does not wick it away, and you're always going to be sweating a little bit. I mean, your body, even just sitting still, there's natural perspiration, so cotton is never good. And a lot of people will wear cotton just as an underlayer. And no, you need to wear some polypropylene or something along those lines. that's going to wick that moisture out. Uh, you do not. i, I That's one of the first things I learned as a kid going hunting with my dad is don't wear anything cotton. It just makes it worse.
5: I'm a big fan of wool.
1: Wool is but, huge, Jennifer. Huge. Yeah. Yes. And, and by I, the way, most I, what, people don't like it because of the itch factor, which I get. So then what you need to do is wear, You know, wear an underlayment under the wool where it's not so itchy. But to your point, wool is, I mean, it's been around forever, and there's a reason why it works.
5: I've always wondered about these metallic-type woven things that add glove liners and foot
0: liners. Do they really work?
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's another one, Jennifer, I know nothing of. So, yeah, thank you for that. I don't have any idea. No, No clue.
0: Thanks. Thanks, John.
1: I will do my best on that, Jennifer. Thank you. And I, by the way, those, all of these, those two suggestions so far, certain things that you guys want to have me get on air and talk about, I will do my very best to do so. So, for, you know, by all means, please let me know. Mark, all the way from Virginia, go ahead.
6: Hey, John, I had to take a road trip, but Ah, I figured it was you.
1: How's your trip going, Mark? Yeah, it's,
6: uh, it's going okay so far, but I've been listening and, uh, So somebody called in asking about clothing for cold weather, and I found a company a few years ago called Darn Tough. Darn Tough produces socks with merino wool, and they guarantee their product for life, which they don't care what has happened to the socks. As long as you wash them and return them, they will give you a credit and I have bought probably thirty pairs. They're not cheap. They're like twenty five. I just I just pair. pulled
1: it up. I didn't know about those either. I just lo- I just pulled them up. Thank you for that. Yeah,
6: so dar- darn tough. Darn tough. Vermont, I see that they have all kinds of like you know summer type socks, winter boots, um, anything you can think of. And I used to. Well, I didn't know anything about merino wool, um, but I had uh, you know you were just talking about cotton socks, and I was always having problems with my feet whether they would sweat yep. not enough you know ventilation um overheating too cold blah 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 yep. blah. but with marina wool i have no more problems and i'm a huge fan like i said i'm up <laughs> to 30 pairs now wow um and i've sent them back i've sent probably a dozen pairs back over the last few years because either i wear through them or my dogs eat them or whatever and they've always honored their warranty. You're kidding me, and really? That, not kidding you. Um so yeah. Okay, so next question, just
1: personal question for me. Are do they come in all sorts of different, you know, lengths, th- thicknesses and so on or is it pretty much, you know, one yep. size fits all yep. sort of a thing? How does that work, Mark?
6: No. No, so they do have different sizes. They do have different lengths and they have a whole chart. And I I didn't know any of these things until I went to their website. It's kind of okay. like rack.com but right. for your feet, right? And so it talks about, you know, like like my wife likes these um, no-show socks. They sell oh, yep. those. Yep. They have ankle socks. They have oh. um, up to your almost knee socks. Okay. Um, they have super thick ones that I use for like hiking because they have cushion in in oh, yeah. I, I don't know how they make these things, but they're they're thicker on the bottom <laughs> and uh, and it's like an extra cushion for your foot in the boot, hmm. and they work really, really well.
1: I will check those out and get some. I appreciate that very much, Mark. I did not know about them, but I am a guy where I, you know, I can pretty much stay warm in most places, but my feet, for some reason, ever since I was a kid, keeping my feet warm, I don't care how much of an insulated boot I'm wearing, has been something I've struggled with since I was a kid.
6: Yeah, yeah, and so have I, because I always wore cotton. I didn't yep. know there was anything else until I think I went to like a Shields or yep. some kind of hunting store, and they had them, and I thought, my goodness, that sounds kind of outrageous, but then he said, lifetime guarantee, and I okay. thought, yeah, right, lifetime guarantee. Well, I sent a pair back, and sure enough, they honored okay. that, and I've... Like I said, I've returned probably a dozen pairs since then, and they give me nearly a hundred percent credit. You know, it's, wow. it's within whatever their market share is for their sure. for their valuation of sure. a return, but it's twenty thirty dollars credit towards your next pair. Nice, and then you you basically just pay for the shipping to return them back. Okay, is is the the, the cost difference for you? Okay, um, but then it'll go on to. Uh, like a credit code mm-hmm. into your email, and then use that code ah. in checkout, which can be a little challenging if you haven't ever done that. Sure. But, um, once you do that and you get your code, you just pick out your new set of socks, whatever those size, shape, quantity, whatever, mm-hmm. and then you use that code okay. to, to be able to get your uh, okay. your credits. So, All right, for yeah, everybody listening, really, it's really darn
1: tough. T o u g h. darn dot com. I will check it out and get some mark.
6: Yes, sir. Have a great
1: you're day. the man, Mark. I appreciate that very much. Thanks for that, John and Cheyenne. You're next. Go ahead.
0: Hey, John. Uh, one thing about darn tough socks is if you buy them at REI,
1: yeah,
0: and you wear them and you take them back to REI, they'll exchange it for you right in the store. So and you don't have even have to, to do
1: that. the email. You don't have to even do all of that. Ah, interesting. Okay, I didn't. No. I didn't know about these. Now that I do, I will be using them.
0: Uh, I can't wear them because they. Their largest size is too small for me.
1: Ah, okay. Uh, so, I, 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 I am the I'm the guy that has like the most common shoe size ever, so you never find yeah. what you need because most everybody else already bought it. So I'm that guy, John.
0: Yeah, but you can get darn tough almost anywhere. They're huge in the uh, through hiking community.
1: Okay, if you know what I mean, like like yeah.
0: people that are going to do the Continental Divide Trail, right. they carry three pairs. Okay, and when they're done. They might wear a pair out, and they'll just replace them. So they're big, big in the hiking community. I like them. If they had them, they're, but they're just a little too tight on my
1: I see. humongous feet. I see.
0: The other thing is a lot of your higher-end uh, long-john companies' and underwear that is all, um, you know, now synthetic or synthetic wool blends <laughs> – Smartwolf went to a synthetic wool blend on their long johns, and John, these are the most almost like wearing silk long johns. Okay. Um, and you can get those most places, you know, but the wool or the wool blends, and then for underwear, if you're you know, if you're in that situation, right. ex officio makes a mic an anti micro like You know what I'm Yes, saying. yeah, For no, those. I've used those before. And those, I, I've worn those on four- or five-day backpacks where at night you just take them off and rinse them out in a creek or something, hang them up, and in the morning they're dry and they don't smell or anything. Hmm. So okay. little things like that. But there's also, you know, any outdoor gear store will have all this stuff so you don't overheat and sweat mm-hmm. and... I don't wear the military taught me about wool socks because that's what they
1: That's use. all I've ever worn. Uh, I mean, well, when I was a kid and, you know, different yeah. then. But no, since then, that's all I wear in the wintertime is wool socks.
0: Uh, all I wear year round because even on a warm day, if you have the thinner ones like from Smart Wool or Darn Tough or something, they'll wick that sweat away from your feet as opposed to just, um, you know. If you got cotton socks on, it'll just sit in the sweat. So mm-hmm. if you get right.
1: hot. Like, yeah, right, right. The
0: other, the other sock that I like, if you're prone to blisters, is called Right Socks. Okay. That's W-R with a W.
1: Okay, Wright Right Socks. Okay.
0: And what they did, and this is awesome. Remember the old days, the way old days, where you'd put a sock liner on and then yes. put the wool sock yes. over it?
1: Yes, They slipped, they, though.
0: Don't. No, they sewed the wool sock, the sock liner. So you don't get that stock. slippage,
1: in the and, and that's where you get blisters and such from.
0: Right. So it's uh, like wearing, they guarantee yeah. no blisters. Awesome. They said, you get a blister wearing our socks, we'll send you your money back. That's what I wore for my last backpack.
1: Okay. It, Good to know.
0: You know, it was five days, no blisters. Yeah. twenty five, yeah. almost 40 miles. So in five days, if you know, those are worth it. My wife loves them, too. So all of the things I mentioned are at most good, whether it's Shields, REI, Jax, whatever you're closest to.
1: Perfect, perfect. We'll
0: have most of those things in stock.
1: Awesome. John, as always, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Caller said, too, that, yes, that silk that John just talked about, great wicking material. I like John's idea, though, where it's all sewn together because then you don't get any slippage from one to another. Mickey, I got a couple of minutes, uh, barely. Go ahead.
0: Okay. One for... uh... Secondary, if you use a 12-volt battery system, you can use a regular generator, like off a car, to power it up and keep it powered up, which means you can power it from an old lawnmower with a belt on it or whatever.
1: Bicycle, whatever. Yep. Yeah.
0: Second thing, if you want to dunk yourself in ice-cold water and come back out and be warm in 10 minutes, Fortress all weather gear.
1: Fortress all weather gear. Okay.
0: Best stuff there is.
1: Fortress. I'll look it up. Is that You'll a brand? See. I assume. That's a brand. It is okay. I see that. Okay. Got it. Fortress. Okay. It's fortressclothing.com. Is that right? Am I am I hearing? Am I thinking correctly, Mickey? That's the one. Okay. I will check it out as well, and uh, maybe even reach out to some of these folks and see if they'd like to have you know somebody on i did get a a recommendation a moment ago from a wind person a wind a wind and solar person up in wyoming that i'll reach out to so you guys are great you guys all have tons and tons of connections and i mean i know i do as well but not near as many as all of you combined do so mickey you as well thanks for all of all of the insight that you give us on a regular basis welcome well how did really quick i got i got 30 seconds how'd you find the fortress folks
0: I don't remember I was looking I was researching what would work best in cold weather, and they came up on okay.
1: Top. okay, I will research that as well. Mickey, as always, thank you, sir. appreciate it very much. Welcome. So for those of you listening, fortress clothing, Dot com, just like it sounds. So that's another one, and I will check it out. I haven't had much time to scroll through that because I'm talking and doing this at the same time. Every one of these, by the way, thank you. These are great topics down the road, and I will be adding these things in. And then somebody also asked me about what do you do to get, you know, if an EMP were to hit and you find yourself with no power and you're trying to get fuel even out of other vehicles and so on, how would you do that? Um, you know, How do you pump that out? Um, I will answer that, and I can almost do a half a show on this, and I will here in the near future. So uh, be thinking about that, and I will give you guys tips on how to do that on down the road, and it'll be very easy, by the way. It's easier, actually, than what most of you would think. All right, that's it for today. Ready Radio, -radio ready-radio.com, KLZ 560.